What up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Max McCoy, and this is Looking Up. Please excuse my extra nasally voice today. I actually came down with COVID. It's a very mild case. Please don't worry about me. I am safe. I am recovering. But that is why we took a week off of the podcast, and that's why I sound like this. But the show goes on. Speaking of voice, I am joined by voice and performance coach, Per Bristow. He has clients in 146 countries. Pear helps people around the world master the skill of communication. And on this episode, we talk about that. We talk about the importance of communication and how that can lead to a fulfilling and effective life. We talk about transforming our self-image using voice and other modalities. And we talk about the voice as a vehicle for self-actualization and much more. I was really interested in Pear's work just because for me, the journey of podcasting and what I've learned about myself through the act of hearing my own voice and trying to make alterations to the way I sound. I think so many of us are insecure about the way we sound and Pear says this kind of has a psychological effect on the way we show up in the world. So this is a really interesting conversation. Pear has a very interesting career path. We also go into, as usual with this show, like how do we find an authentic sense of direction and how does finding our voice kind of relate to that? If you haven't already, leave a review on Apple iTunes, do all the things, share this with your friends, share this with your mom, share this with whoever might like it, post it to your stories. Those are the ways you can help this show grow if you would like to. And uh, that's it. I really appreciate you guys. I love this community. Thank you guys for being a part of this art form that I really enjoy. And uh, I hope you take some value out of this episode like I did. Here is my wide range of conversation with voice coach, performance coach, Per Bristow. All right, Per. Thank you for joining me today. I was super interested in hearing all about your voice background, your performance background. So thanks for taking the time. Hey, thanks for inviting me. This is going to be fun. Yeah. You do a lot of great stuff. You interviewed good people. So. Oh, thank you. I'm a, good, I'm a good company. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Before we get into like the specifics of what you do, I want to preface about kind of the overall theme of what you do in terms of like, in your own words, why is communication so crucial? And, and whatever we're pursuing and whatever direction we're going or whatever we're trying to become, why have you found such a passion in this idea of communication? Well, I think it's interesting that often we discover things when things aren't going well. Hmm. So when I was a really shy, introverted teenager, I realized the pain of not feeling comfortable communicating or speaking out or connecting with people. And it's not that I always was like that, but in certain situations... And then also physically, when I also had an issue with losing my voice, then you realize, wow, I can't be me. So that's part of it. And then, of course, through my training, I realized, or through my coaching, I realized how people come alive in new ways. They discover themselves through what we do. So it's, the voice is a fascinating instrument. Hmm. How does it reflect kind of the way we view ourselves. Like if you could just go deeper on that point, I know through podcasting, I've had to, in the beginning of it, I had to kind of get over myself a little bit, not liking the way I sounded and seeing kind of how that relationship to my own voice evolved. It kind of did change the way I even perceived myself. Have you found that to be true in a lot of the people you work with? Absolutely. How we perceive ourselves and also how we are perceived by other people. Mm. And, um, I mean, it goes hand, the voice really goes hand in hand with our inner voice. Hmm. 
we have a talk like this all the time, and hey, we're going to have a, I, I really love having this interview. You know, it says something about me, right? So the voice is really a reflection of what's going on inside. It's mm -hmm. very psychological. And everybody who's been in situations where they need to communicate, whether it's like this in an interview or being on stage or presenting or speaking your mind, we know how much fear that can also have. And singers, speakers getting up on stage, stage fright is a common thing. Why is it that we experience these kind of fears when it comes to communication? It's really fascinating. Mm. And when we can release that, overcome that, and be able to connect and bond with people in, in more powerful, more empowering ways, it's amazing what it does to us in life and in our careers. I've heard you say in a past interview that you know, most of us, and I, I fell into this category, we just kind of assume that the voice is something that's fixed. Like, I just don't like that. That's just how I sound. That's just the way I am. And I, yep. I, that's why I think I really was fascinated by coming across you and your work was it seems like such a nuance and niche area that one would invest time for coaching or to work on. But really, it's not. It's such a huge umbrella that can lead into different categories like we'll talk about. But yeah, yeah what have you found in that how people just have assumed the, the voice is this fixed item? It is so fascinating that we believe that. Hmm. This is how I am. This is how I sound. And do we believe that about our, let's say, our bodies? Most people these days realize that working out is a good thing. And it's not necessarily that you are changing your body unless you're like an extreme bodybuilder. And if you are, then you know you can do that. But for health reasons, it has an enormous impact whether we work out or not work out. So why does that not apply to the voice? So it's not about changing. I mean, some of the singers um, that I've worked with or who have done my training understandably initially feel resistant because they don't want the coach who's going to change their sound, especially if they're already experiencing some measure of success. They found their voice, so to speak. They don't want to change something. And sometimes what I would consider maybe old-fashioned methods actually do that. Because they tell them, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do that, you're supposed to sound like this. And, and the rock singer doesn't necessarily want to sound like a classical singer. But a rock singer might have a problem of not being able to sing for three hours straight and can't do it the next day and can't be as emotional and passionate and as uh, he or she would like to. So therefore, the health of the voice, to be able to actually express with freedom, that's what it's all about. So therefore, it's not about changing. But then a speaker also, if a speaker gets hoarse or loses their voice, that's not natural. <laughs> oh, this is just how I am. I can't project. I, I'm soft-spoken. Okay, fine. But you can still have a strong, healthy voice, and then you can choose to be soft-spoken, or you can choose to project and, and cut through and, in a loud environment. So therefore, it becomes an instrument. And mm -hmm. so anyone who, who thinks that, yeah, it just is the way it is, Nah, it's, please don't say that about your guitar playing skills. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. all, it's it's so all about training and getting better at whatever it is that we do. It's so true. And I love the idea that you're not changing it. You're kind of just setting it free. Um, yes. And I love that you hit on self-expression. I've become really interested in that idea. And just kind of everything that we do is in a way a form of our self-expression. And a voice just seems like a very intimate version of that. Like the very first, one of the very first things I would assume one could address is the, the way they communicate to themselves, to others. Well, we could argue that making sounds is a very 
first thing that you did. Making sound actually started your breathing process. At first, the baby who makes that sound, the cry, that's a healthy thing. It starts the breathing process. Mm. So, um, and making sound, we communicated way before we were able to put words into sentences. And we did it sometimes for self-expression, sometimes to get attention. You mentioned singers a little bit. And before we get into more of the, the nuts and crannies of what you do, you talked about before the, the conversation how this kind of can relate to people that are entrepreneurial, people that are finding their career, finding their path. What have you found? I know you started in kind of the music world. How have you found this kind of work to relate to people like that might be like my audience that are trying to, to dive deeper into what they do best or trying to find their unique path? Like, yes. How does this relate? And we could argue that success in just about any field comes down to the ability to communicate. And what do we mean by communication in that sense? Well, it really is about influential communication. So, for example, even if it's a job interview, it comes down to how you're able to connect with that person and make that person feel that they trust you, they like you. There's a, there's a connection in that sense. And if you're an entrepreneur, that means you are creating your income. You're creating product, services, marketing strategies, and how you present whatever it is that you do equals your income. It really comes down to that. Mm. Being able to sell, negotiate, be able to influence someone to say yes to you. Mm. It comes down to personal relationships, dating. It's all about connecting creating that bond, so someone says yes to you, and then after they said yes, they feel good about saying yes to you, and now you have something really interesting that's really impactful. Mm. And so what do you, if someone, if I were to meet you on the street, and I was like, hey, Per, how do you, what do you do? Like, <laughs> how would you? i say, hey, how hey, you <laughs> If you were to tell me what you do, it's hard to put you in a container. What kind of, how would you describe kind of what you do and what results you bring to your clients? Uh, a good question. I always, it's always different every time depending on who I meet, which mm. is actually an interesting point because sometimes we think we're supposed to have an elevator pitch of telling people what we do, right? <laughs> I'm and the I'm same not, way. I have, I have trouble with that question. I try to avoid it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not into that because it all depends on who it is. That's true. And I think that's really the most, well, a very important part of communication is to be able to connect with that human being and not just say stuff mm. <laughs> that you think should sound good mm. well, even when we sell when we negotiate when we present somehow right mm. it's about so, connecting with that human being so, yeah so yeah what do i do is that what you're <laughs> who am i pair so, what are you yeah. really doing <laughs> no so um in terms of people earlier in their career trying to find that that form of self-expression trying to maybe dive into their craft and become the best they can be at whatever they're doing what is the result that you're helping people find so this is a great question, and, and this is such powerful stuff here, because part of it, when we, say about, when we talk about finding our voice and discovering who we are and what we're capable of, part of that also, I think it's so important to discover what is holding us back, the fears that we live with. And many times we're not aware of these fears, we just live with them, and we just think this is how it is. As a matter of fact, when you say that, oh, my voice is the way it is, there's actually a fear embedded in that. And... Um, so part of what I do is actually helping people recognize fears, but it's not like a psychological, well, it becomes that way, but 
it, then it becomes the awareness of, of the fears or the restrictions, which part of, so, so let's say an example with the voice training, discovering the physical restrictions, but then we actually realize through the process that, wow, being able to release these physical restrictions actually tie into the psychological restriction. We don't have to talk about it, but we realize, wow, I've always tried to protect. I've always tried to hold back. I've always done mm -hmm. this. I've always tried to sound in a certain way, or, or I've never been aware of it. So releasing the voice in that sense, but then that ties into then the fears that we live with when we are under pressure, for example. So part of my training is, is the peak performance aspect, how to perform under pressure. When we're facing crisis, to be able to come alive and find solutions in the midst of the crisis, whether you're on a stage or in a meeting, in a presentation, or you're facing a life crisis. So, and let's face it, when we are, you know, coming out of school, perhaps, and we're not sure what to do, there's a lot of uncertainty, of course. Hmm. And then we're trying something and it doesn't work out. And then we try something else, it's not working out. So part of the peak performance skills is actually to become aware of those fears and what happens when we face failure, so-called failure, right? We've all heard that we're supposed to use failure as stepping stones to greater success. Fine, but how do you do that? Hmm. So I think, so understanding our own psychology is so huge. And that's, I think, how we can really achieve success in any field and in a more rapid way. It's really interesting to see the voice as a physiological bridge <clears throat> to understanding your mind and your psychology. Let's use me as a guinea pig. <laughs> I used to call myself and still have to catch myself. I used to say, well, I'm a little naturally soft-spoken. I'm a little quieter, and especially in groups of people. Sometimes if I'm at a social gathering, it's harder for someone to hear me. I talk quieter. What might that say? about my psychology well i mean it says what you said there so we could talk about what what do you want me to talk about you well i i imagine this is a good good way to for the listener too to put themselves in the shoes of me you know like, yes okay so, so i'll use you as an example here and this yeah. is for everybody who's listening to this right we all are unique this is beautiful we all have different voices this is beautiful different personalities. This is fantastic. We do not want to sound like someone else. We don't want to come across as someone else. So we really want to embrace our uniqueness in that sense. Mm. That does not mean that we cannot improve. Mm. So in your case, then, your vocal cords that we have inside of here, right, inside of our larynx, are leaking. So there's more air escaping than someone. So, so if, I, if I use the extreme, if I talk very, this is very breathy, and now my my mm. air is escaping, right? And the opposite, if the cords squeeze together really hard, then I sound like this, right? Uh, it's like, uh, and it sounds like I'm holding my breath. Wow. It comes across as if I'm holding my breath. So those are the extremes. So with training, we want the vocal cords to become strong and healthy and come together. So actually, we can do all of it. So maybe you want to whisper and then be really nice and soft. Or you want to speak with more vibrating, but still soft. Maybe you want to have a deeper voice. Hey, well, that's still vibrating. That's not breathy, right? And, or maybe you want to project, hey! <laughs> I can't, I'm going to distort if I, if my mic is going to distort. So your voice now is habitually, your vocal cords are a little bit leaking. Hmm. So that means it becomes more difficult to project. And you might get tired faster if you speak a lot. Um, and this goes for everybody, right? So therefore, it actually takes on, whichever comes first, I don't know, but it goes hand in hand with then, okay, 
my personality then is that I'm not going to be the person who's going to try and be loud and bombastic and try and make my voice heard. I accept, and therefore I become more soft-spoken. So it goes hand in hand, right? Mm. And, or someone else is always loud and always screaming and yelling. <laughs> if you ask that person to be soft, it's going to be, uh, I can't. Yeah. I, I can't be soft-spoken. And then that person is in the room with one person and say, okay, yeah, so, you know, hey, calm down, indoor voice, <laughs> <laughs> right? So we all have these tendencies. So we become, we adapt to that. And our personality becomes adapted to that. Again, whichever comes first, it goes hand in hand. So the beauty is then if we have, if we recognize, okay, I have a tendency that I tend to get a little hoarse, I tend to get tired, I have a hard time projecting, then if we develop strength, so that in these vocal cords, they come together more so it doesn't leak air. And therefore, you can speak for longer hours without getting tired. It's not that you sound, well, I mean, I could hear that your sound changes, but it's not like your friends are going to say, wow, you changed so dramatically. Do they do that if you work out? Yeah, they might. Then that might be a positive. It's like, wow, you seem so yeah. great shape, right? It's not that you change, it's that you have improved. And that's yeah. what happens to the voice. It's like, wow, your voice is so rich now. You, and then you have an easier time projecting. And if you have an easier time projecting, then you might take charge in a certain situation in a different way than you would have, mm. right? So let's say in a dinner meeting, <clears throat> 12 people around the table is getting a little noisy, right? If we can't project, that means we're probably going to become the person who turns to the person next to us and have more of a private conversation. If I know I can project, then I also, someone has an idea, it's like say, hey, Linda here has an amazing thing that she wants to share i i can then take charge in a certain way like all right anyone else last order <laughs> mm. Mm. you know you, you become that personality you can use it but that's what i'm so in favor of that we develop so that we can do different things and that of course gives us confidence because then now we can be different things in different situations and it's part of our personality mm. i'm very introverted actually i can sit you know i don't take charge but if i i also know that i can project and I can make things happen. I can make 12 people listen to me or 40 or 50, whatever, if there's something important. So there you go. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. It's fascinating because I'm, I mean, all the examples you gave me are true. I do get hoarse faster. I used to lose my voice a lot. I do get tired out if I talk too much. If I'm in a group, I kind of just, you know, if I have something to say from across the table, maybe I just won't say it. I'll wait. Mm -hmm. There's a freedom aspect to, yes, understand your natural tendencies and be okay with them. But then in that improvement, it's almost like it's giving me more freedom to be a more wide-ranging version of myself. That's right. And then how that affects our psychology. If I'm going to walk around all day long and feel insecure about myself and feel that I'm not good enough and stuff like that, that's not really helpful. But if I realize, you know what, I really do want to improve. Let's say, my, now, now sometimes when we are in situations where we've been humiliated or this did not work out. That can also be a driver to change, right? Mm. Same thing with our body. When I get an injury, something happens to my, my body, that's when we get a wake-up call. It's, you know, it's, it's time to do something about this. So if someone out there, if you lose your voice, if you're listening to this and you tend to lose your voice, uh, recognizing the pain in that rather than just accepting it might be a good idea because that becomes a driver to do something about it. Hmm. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. <laughs> it means you have an issue that you, can, that you can fix. Yeah. What are some tangible things people can do to kind of, one, grow an awareness of their voice where they might be able to have some improvement and then maybe some 
Yeah. So are there any low hanging fruit that you start people with in terms of gaining a, a better relationship with their voice? Well, I think it starts with awareness. So I think hopefully what we talked about here will be helpful because maybe you recognize now that your voice, you who are listening, watching this, maybe you tend to get hoarse quickly. Maybe you have a hard time projecting, things like that. That means then that your voice is not as strong as it could be. And then recognize how things might change if it was a little bit stronger, if it was a little bit richer. Or maybe you have a, a um, high-pitched voice and you would like to have a deeper voice. A lot of guys want to have that for a good reason, actually. But again, you don't have, it's not about low, low, you have to speak low. No. Hey, we can be high. We can do all kinds of things. <laughs> but it's about the freedom in the voice. So we don't want to have yeah. a fake. Oh, and a lot of guys fall into that trap, actually. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. What's happening, yeah. man? Yeah. Was... Yeah. How are you doing? But now you're actually <laughs> squeezing your throat. So you, you really don't, don't come across as so pleasant and warm and resonating. And, you know. Yeah. yeah. So this is actually deeper, but it's freer. Hmm. So I'm sorry, I got off. No, but, but yeah, but, but the awareness, it starts with awareness and, and hopefully the understanding that you can improve. But yeah. we want to do exercises. So I, I, I don't want to throw out an exercise so we get into sort of like a quick fix mentality. Hmm. Um, you know, it's the same thing. How, how, how do I jump higher? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, is there, is there just like a, a practice? Yeah, not a quick fix, but a practice. Is it, is it just bringing more awareness to how I, I project? Is that, is that kind of the, the low-hanging fruit place to start? I feel like there's got to be somewhere we can, you know, take something from this and try to practice in our day-to-day life, no? If you say an ah, uh, and you see how long you can hold it. If you can't, if you can't hold it long, it's actually probably not about your breathing. Mm. It's actually because the, the air is leaking out because the door is open, mm. so to speak. The cords mm. are open. Mm. And that's, that can be a, an interesting discovery. Mm. Interesting. Um, but the other, the other thing is then to recognize that it's actually helpful to exhale. So if I sit here and I'm holding my breath, then that becomes, I am actually exhaling all the way to the end of the sentence. Mm. But it's not like that. <laughs> right? <laughs> So yeah. there's a flow to the speaking. Hmm. Hey, I'm flowing all the way to the end of the sentence. And then we can play around with range. And yes, it's going to be up and down. And so we have a little melody also. Mm. <laughs> there's this cool mindfulness component to what you do. And I know you've talked about kind of the ability to regulate the nervous system. You talked about before that we started and, and how we can kind of perform and rise to the occasion under pressure. I mean, and when you talk about being mindful of making sure you're exhaling, not holding your breath, there is this mindfulness component to what you do. How does, yes. that, how does that relate, in your opinion, with who you work with, like how we present ourselves, how we communicate, this idea of control your nervous system, control your breathing, be present, yes. be at ease, you know? That's right. Both you and I come from a sports background. Yeah. And it's interesting, in the midst of a sports um, event, We've all heard about flow state. We've heard about being in the zone, which is when you're one with the present moment. And that is really mindfulness in a sense. That's also awareness. We are fully aware. Now, fear is about the future. Guilt and shame is about the past. And to be able to train ourselves to be able to be in the present moment, that's where spontaneity, creativity, well, we could argue that that's where life happens, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it is actually very, very difficult to be in the present moment. And most athletes, even on high levels, 
can't do it. Once in a while, they get into a really flow state. But often, there's a little bit, because the brain is so incredibly quick, you're going back and forth between past, future. Oh, no, I missed. Oh, no, I missed. Okay, now I can't miss. Oh, no, don't miss again. I missed. Oh, it's right? It's all that kind of stuff going on. And we try to block it out. But um, trying to block it out is really not the strategy. Hmm. And uh, I'm actually not in favor of the word control, because control is also tends to trap us into a fear-based thing that um, I'm, I'm af- I have to control. And that yeah. actually is, becomes yeah. a holding kind of thing. I'm controlling. I need to control my life. I need to control the outcome. I need to control my audience. I need to control <laughs> this, this thing, right? And it actually puts you in a real trap there. It's funny because as I was saying that, I was like, I shouldn't be using this word control, <laughs> but it's reflexive of my, not my tendency to control. So I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> well, we always, we always use words out of habit, also language. So, you know, I'm a little bit of a stickler for words also, the words that we use because they send messages to our, to our cell, our brain, our nervous system. And, and yeah, the moment that you want to control is, of course, the moment when you feel that you're out of control. Things aren't working out. It's like, shoot, okay. You know, I'm missing the free throws. I need to control this, right? Or whatever it is. But instead, what I'm in favor of is that we develop the ability to let go of control. And by the way, singers are the worst at this because they have been so conditioned to listen to how they sound. They're constantly judging how they sound. Oh, it's not good enough. I'm flat. I'm sharp. This and this. And they're always trying to control the note, the pitch, controlling yeah, it's so much control. And a lot of them, the, the standard uh, voice training has also encouraged that. Breath control, hold. You're supposed to stand straight, shoulders back. Your jaw mm-hmm. should be like this. Should, should, should. Oh, oh no, you're flat. You're sharp. You don't sound. Oh, it's all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's why my first instruction in all training is always give permission. And then people go, oh, give permission for what? Give permission to sound like crap, whatever happens. And therefore, we're now releasing. Instead of controlling, we're now releasing. We're trusting. We're trusting that you can actually be out of control and can become very interesting. So when you get into, and you've probably experienced this in, in the sports game, right, that when you can actually let go and start trusting and things start happening, and then when you have that brilliant moment, it's like, wow, how did that happen? It's like my reflexes took over. Mm-hmm. I just, I, for some, some reason, it's just, I was just there. And that is spontaneity mm-hmm. because... You, play, you played a bunch of different sports, right? Yeah, basketball, ba- was bas- basketball is the main one, yeah. Right. You have no clue what your opponent is going to do. Yeah. So it's all about being creative, being spontaneous in the moment. However, when you are in that moment, there's some weird part of you that actually can anticipate the move of the, uh, the other person, right? Yeah. That kind of anticipation is not about being in the future. It's, it's remarkable. But it's like a magical thing, and it's very hard to accomplish for longer periods of time. But so, so when we talk about mindfulness and awareness and focus, it's sort of kind of the same thing. And in everything I do, then this awareness, feel what's going on, rather than judging it, it actually starts training ourselves right away to become, you know, adapt that in a better way, and then let go of the need to control, let go of the need to force, for example. Hmm. forcing is also so something that we tend to fall into we need to force the outcome force someone to do something force hmm. this and that force ourselves force my body yeah but then it's also law of physics the more force the more resistance you create hmm. yeah that process of letting go that's super interesting and in how that yeah. relates to everything you do yeah yep. 
That's fascinating. What part of that do you think on an intellectual level, that sounds really nice. What do, how do your clients kind of deal with the actual application or the, the, how do you kind of take them through that process or give them cues to remember that? Um, yeah. That releasing control that, that it's okay. Cause that's, that's the tendency I tend to be in is overwhelm. Okay. I got to do more. I got to force, I got to control. Um, yep. And that letting go can be hard. So what do you have for that? So if we go back to the simple activity of just making a sound, if I tell you to just say, ah, immediately you're probably going to start judging that. It's like, oh, this is weird. This is, oh, well, am I supposed to sound good? What, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. So when it comes to, then to the voice training, whether it's for speaking, singing, I mean, it's just a voice. If I just say, ah, is that singing or speaking? I don't know. I'm just making a sound, right? But being able to release that, or giving yourself, I shouldn't say being able to, because that sounds like it's some kind of skill, right? But giving yourself permission to do that is a remarkable thing. And yeah. when people do that, professional singers or professional speakers who do that, they, and, and this is so often the feedback, it's like, I have never done that before, which is the weirdest thing. Are you kidding me? But it's true. They have always listened to themselves. Hmm. They have always listened to themselves. Mm. Yeah, that hyper, being hypercritical and just yep. taking ourselves serious and, and everything we do, being critical and judging. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's crazy. And if I can add one more thing when it comes to you know, achieving success in, in whatever field or you're going into, like if, if you're in the earlier stages of your careers, then that kind of judgment, letting go, like we were talking about, letting it go, they need to judge has nothing whatsoever to do with lowering your ambitions. Quite the contrary, actually. Like, for example, a perfectionist, which is an extreme level. People use the word perfectionist as if they think that's like, yeah, I'm, I'm so cool, I'm so good. No, perfectionism means that you have a deep-rooted fear of being less than perfect. And in order to <laughs> accommodate that fear, you operate on the low mediocre safe level and i'm saying mediocre now to be a little bit mean to shake you up a little bit what we want to do is we want to actually raise our ambition levels that means we're giving ourselves permission to screw up to take chance or, well it's not chance to be able to put ourselves out there to do something that's really challenging that's really difficult oh it didn't work out the way okay fine good fantastic now we get into this learning kind of thing right now that was good information now we're always in that mode of learning improving curiosity rather than judging controlling living in fear mm. that's so good I, I think of the people that in my life that are like the most successful in, in many areas. They're just kind of that, like that North star of type of person that I would love to grow into being. And they all have that quality of uh, the lack of perfectionism. The, yes. They give themselves permission to fail. They don't take it so serious. And it's almost by doing that. I love how you put that. It kind of up levels you into the next bracket. Whereas if you're being so perfectionist, like I can tend to be, you're kind of keeping yourself in that mediocre swimming pool. And, yep. um, not giving That's yourself right. the freedom to grow in the way that maybe you should. That's right. And always remember that failure and mistakes, it's always spelled L-E-A-R-N-I-N-G. I love it. Pivoting just a little bit, what are some key components to a really 
effective communicator? Like when you reflect on maybe the successes you've had in your coaching and your speaking and your business career, what are some of the, here's what effective communication looks like, you know, coming from the expert himself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the day you call yourself expert, you put a label on yourself. Oh, you're you're not calling yourself that. I'm calling you that. (laughs) I'm just a student. (laughs) Yeah. But as a matter of fact, that's a big part of it. I'm always a student, meaning I'm always curious. I'm always learning. I'm always curious about another human being. So people call me an effective coach. I would say that the reason I'm an effective coach is because I love to learn. So let's say I'm coaching someone one-on-one. What I'm really doing is not to tell my lecture. It is to quickly learn about that person. That's what effective coaching is. Effective negotiation, same thing. To quickly learn about the other person. You also have homework to do that. Sales, same thing. To learn about the other person, what the position that person is in, not in order to manipulate that person, but in order to help that person say yes in a way so that that person says yes and feels good about saying yes, because the reason that person is not saying yes is out of fear. So therefore, if we have greater awareness of our own fears, also greater awareness of other people's fears, then now I can help that person overcome that fear, and then that person will say yes to it, and then I will make sure that that person feels really good about it. So this is also sales. Interviews, like a job interview, but you know, you who are listening to this might not have aspirations of being in a job interview, but you're still presenting. You're presenting yourself or your ideas, your products, your services, and it's still about getting the other person to say yes to you. And if that person understands that you understand them and their needs, and you also then can present what you have that will help them, whether it's a company, whether it's an individual, now you become extremely powerful and you are the person we want. Mm. You're hired, we will pay you, and the price becomes irrelevant if you're really good at it. Mm. Does that make sense? No, having the ability to, yeah, listen and... and and be on the other end of the communication being the student before you almost teach, not just projecting and imposing your will, not forcing, like you said before. That's right. So I'm therefore not trying to control. I'm a, it's, as a matter of fact, it's not about what I say and how I come across the self-consciousness about me, which is understandable, of course, when we get into a new situation. This is what I, I said that I experienced so much of. Always self-conscious. Am I good enough? Am I saying the right thing? Oh, no, I look stupid. Oh, shoot. And then you walk out of there and say, oh, shoot, I, I forgot to say that. And why didn't I say that? And say, oh. So therefore, give him permission. Therefore, we open up. Now we become, the, it goes hand in hand with the voice becoming reson, more resonant. Well, you become more resonant. You become more charismatic. Mm. And now you have become more confident. Now you can take charge of the conversation and you can lead people in a different way. So it, it has, yeah, it ties into so many different kinds of communication. What do you think about the fear of opening and that fear of being seen? And uh, because in this process of letting your voice be heard, listening, being authentic, there's an opening, there's a vulnerability there. Um, yes. What's your take on that in terms of becoming better, becoming more comfortable with just being seen as you are? Because uh, I think that that's a part of being more resonant, I would imagine. Yes. Thank you for using the word vulnerability. Vulnerability is a mighty powerful word. And most people are scared of it. Vulnerable is scary. For an artist, vulnerability is their greatest asset. Hmm. Being able to be vulnerable. That does not mean weakness. It means strength. 
And often for us men, we often grow up with that being vulnerable is a weakness. Showing fear is a weakness. No, we're not supposed to be afraid. We're supposed to be tough. I would argue it's the other way around. When you are comfortable, ex not only ex experience, but perhaps expressing your fear, then, um, and your vulnerability, you become more powerful. If you're more confident, you become a greater leader, in my opinion. And if we're going to talk about sports, high performance, well, not just in sports, but in all, all situations, people who are really high, high performers can really perform under, under, you know, that moment in time. They're quite aware of their fears. And if they're not aware, they will have problems in life. Hmm. Just that they, awareness. Yeah, yes. And if you're not aware of fear, you will turn to aggression. Hmm. You will turn to aggression and hostility, not only towards other people, but towards yourself. Hmm. Just to know that vulnerability is strength. Is, the, is that kind of the first step is what you're trying to? I, I yeah, I hope so. So if, if you're listening to this and you feel that vulnerability is a weakness, um, perhaps hearing this will inspire you and to embrace that. Hmm. That is why making mistakes and being, you know, actually makes you more interesting. So when I'm on, st on stage, I have now learned to accept what happens. So therefore, I become more spontaneous. And would you believe it? People think I'm more charismatic. That's because I laugh and I chuckle at stuff that happens because I'm in the moment. I'm aware. It's not because I'm apologizing. It's because I'm just there. I couldn't do that before. Hmm. Tried to hide my mistakes. And it's like, yeah. And you see that beginners in an area will always try to hide the mistake. Yeah. No, that's true. Is that, and that just gets better with practice, I imagine. Yes. Yeah, like with podcasting, when I first started, I, would, I wanted my to come off as perfect because I was insecure that I wasn't really, I had no idea what I was doing. And I've done this now two years plus. And now I'm much quicker to say, oh, like I made a mistake there or I didn't know. Like there's a fluidity to it that I didn't have before. And so right. I imagine that just takes time and practice and, and gentleness. And it's not a mistake because it's life. So imagine if we thought that we would have to write the script for this. Yeah. And we have to follow word by word. And then afterwards say, yes, we nailed it. We did it correctly. Mm. Okay, fine. We did it correctly. But was it good? Was it interesting? Was there life there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have chuckled there. <laughs> right? Yeah. But many times we walk around like that. Especially, I, mean, I did when I was in my 20s. And, and before, you know, being worried about what I'm saying. And I came to the U.S. also. So my, it was a language issue also. And I still say the wrong thing. And I say the wrong sentence structure. And I stumble on words. And I stutter on this and that. And people say, how can you be a voice coach? You stumble on words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. I love your holistic approach, Bear. And um <laughs> Yeah, I just love the different avenues it all ties back to. Like this is a this started from a conversation of voice, but it's gone all over the place. It has. We're all over the place, but it's interesting that it all ties together. So it's I love when you say when you say holistic. The interesting thing that I've found, and I really really believe this, and not just because I believe it, because the results. I, I don't know if you know, but I've had people in 146 countries do my training, and I've had, you know thousands of success stories. But it's all about this thing because it is. Then, as you say, holistic, but because it addresses things, that's why people get such fast results and great results. That's actually how we improve effectively. Isn't that interesting? Mm, that is interesting. Yeah, if you, if you just focus on the one thing, you're not addressing the whole picture. Yeah. 
That's right. What do you hope people leave this with? If there's anything you want to like wrap a bow on this with? Yeah. What, what, what would you want people to take away from this wide range of conversation? Um, well, that's an interesting question too, because I think people will take away whatever they, uh, they learn, right? <laughs> that taps into wherever they are in life. But hopefully you recognize what an amazing instrument that you have within that we call the voice, how that ties into your inner voice, ties together, you know, how, how it applies and how it applies to how you come across in life and how you feel about it not only yourself, but about other people. And uh, being, connect, being able to connect with other people is mighty, mighty powerful. And if you're in business, if you're an entrepreneur, I hope it inspires you to recognize the power of connecting with people and communicating. And so, so um, yeah, I, I know that was a total non-answer, but... No, that was a perfect answer. I loved it. That's what, I, <laughs> that's what I'm taking away from this. This is awesome. My show is called Looking Up. And one question I like to ask uh, towards the end of the show is, Pear, what does looking up mean to you? Looking up? Yeah, that's a good question. What does that mean to me, looking up? Looking up, I, when you say that, the way you said it, I'm, I'm thinking about like looking forward, looking towards um, the possibilities. And maybe... I heard it that way because maybe that's really what my life is all about. Now I come to think about it to recognize possibilities within myself, but also help people discover their own possibilities in life. And that we actually go on a journey to explore what we're capable of. Mm -hmm. Mm, Explore. That's a good word. And that's something that you've definitely hit on this podcast is be less rigid and forceful and be more explorative with your voice, with your process, with your journey. And I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Life is a discovery process. Mm. I love that. You have some exciting things coming. Why don't you share with my audience where they can find you, what you have coming, what you're excited about? Oh, okay. Um, well, so pairbristow.com is probably the best place to go because from there, you'll see my Speak with Freedom program, Sing with Freedom. But I'm also doing an event in uh, December, December 4th to 6th, where we're actually going to talk about some really fascinating things on how I managed to build my online business. I, 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 I was a traditional coach, meaning doing one-on-one session. And then in 2008, I launched the method that I've developed online. And that's a remarkable thing that we can actually get our voice, our message, our product services out into the world. I mentioned 146 countries, and that has enabled me to travel when I, and, and in these times when I'm not traveling, I can work from home to have that kind of freedom. There's a reason why my trainers, I call with Freedom and Speak with Freedom and Perform with Freedom and Business with Freedom that I also mm-hmm. have healthy entrepreneurs because being able to have that freedom with our voice, with our expression, but it also ties into finances, let's face it. Because this thing about influencing people to say yes, we talked about sales, how we can do that in video form or in writing also and and be able to express that and therefore build a business where we're not confined to geography, we're not confined to being paid for our time. It's a remarkable thing. And there, then we can actually be more impactful. We can help more people in a better way. So that's what I've been able to do. And I'm going to show people at this event how I did it, how I do it today, and how I've been helping other entrepreneurs and how you can do it too. Get your voice out into the world and, and uh, create an, an impactful income-producing um, lifestyle. Awesome. It sounds exciting. I'm going to link that up in the show notes. Perry, this was really fun. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the wisdom. 
Thanks that was the, that I like, was fun. I, I like the playful nature, so I really appreciate it. Yes, and can I say something about you now, which is important for everybody else? Please. Because because you have such a nice, warm personality, you actually draw stuff out of me, and I start babbling here. But I feel comfortable, hmm. and that's part of the power of being a good communicator. That you're making me feel comfortable to start sharing and talking about stuff that I hadn't planned on talking about, and things then come out. So thank you for doing that. So that's a great skill that you have. And obviously you've developed it partly by doing this. And, and uh, there's a reason why you're doing it in the first place. So thank you for allowing me to be here and babble. And hopefully you who have listened have gotten something out of it. <laughs> well, thank you for the kind words. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining me. That does it for that episode, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for stopping by. I so appreciate you lending your ear when there's a million places you could be. If you would like to support my work, first of all, I appreciate you. You could leave a review on Apple iTunes. You could share this podcast with someone who might like it. And you can share this podcast to your Instagram stories. I will say what up to you. Let me know what you thought of it. That is it. I'm going to stop rambling. Thank you for listening to Looking Up. Again, my name is Max McCoy, and I'm excited to continue to grow this thing. All right. See you. Bye.